I got a yah over there. Yeah, I got a yah over there. Good. Uh, we love to watch the Holy Spirit speak in real time. Uh, some of my theologian friends say God doesn't speak today. And I say, your guppy can let you know he's hungry. You know what I'm saying? If you have, any of you have an aquarium and your little guppy's up there like, feed me, feed me. But God can't speak today. You know, your dog can say, I want to go outside. And God has to be silent today. No, God loves to speak today and uh, in real and living, vibrant terms and in a tremendous way. And uh, so I've been in search for several years of a young adult or not necessarily young adult, but younger than me. A uh, female uh, speaker that is powerful in the Holy Spirit. Uh, America is getting really famous for great speakers, but altars and prophecies and stuff are kind of like disappearing in a lot of the uh, stateside stuff. And, uh, and so my buddy goes to me, you want Michelle Welburn? I said, great. Where is she? Well, she lives in Argentina. I go, I don't care if she lives in Antarctica, man. We got to get her here. We want to, ex- how many of you are hungry for God to speak in real time to your life today? So, uh, no pressure, Michelle, but, uh, she's, uh, she, she's a missionary to Argentina. They started a ministry, her family did in El Salvador for boys and girls to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. They started this ministry called the Castle and, uh, uh, last time I was in El Salvador, El Salvador is the size of New Jersey. It's a little country. But anyways, El Salvador in their ministry there has 80,000 kids in, uh, in this gifts of the spirit ministry in that one little country. It's all over the world. We have no idea how many kids are in there. And uh, you're going to do a training for us on helping children walk in the power of the spirit on Thursday night at 7. So Thursday night at 7, if you want to get in on that, you're invited. Um, uh, how many of you can give like, like let's say we go 15 minutes extra today. You got, all in for overtime? Can I see your hand? All right. Notice I didn't notice. I didn't ask you to vote if you were out. <laughs> so uh, if you need to go to work or something, just slip out. I want to give a little extra time to the working of the Holy Spirit in the service today. Uh, Michelle, thank you for flying 24 hours and got here last night. She's jet lagged and tired and all fired up for the work of the Lord. Help me welcome her. Her our, uh, in-laws are from Alaska. Her grandfather and grandmother pastored in Kotzebue. Her father-in-law was my youth director, Jim Welburn, when I was a kid. And uh, now her husband and her are missionaries in Argentina. Uh, her aunt was our keyboard player, and McGuire for many years. We have a long connection and we just met. So help me welcome the jet lagged Michelle Welburn. All right, there we go. Have fun. I am jet lagged. I woke up this morning at 1.30 and couldn't go back to sleep because 1.30 was 6.30. That's what time I get up in Argentina. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for what you did in the first service. And I'm just praising you, Lord God, for what you're going to do, Lord God, before you even do it today. We thank you, God, for the pastor and his heart, Lord Jesus, to see you move and to, to take his church, Lord God, to a deeper level with you. 
Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just prepare, Lord God, our hearts. Prepare us, Lord God, for the, the seeds that are going to be planted this morning and for uh, for us, the Lord, to have eyes to see what we can't see, but we can through you and ears to hear, Lord God, what you're speaking to us and what you're trying to communicate with us, Lord God. And I pray for hearts to respond and feet to move the hearts. God, I pray that we would step out, Lord God, in the quickened obedience, Lord God, to respond every time you speak. And I pray, God, that we wouldn't stop, Lord God, and we wouldn't wrestle with that fear so much that we hinder what you want to do. And God, I pray that you would help us this morning to be able to hear your voice and to respond to what you're saying. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would begin to to just move. And and Jesus, I pray that you would just begin, Lord God to walk every aisle and begin to speak personally to each one in this room. And I pray, God, that you would just be the words that are directly guided to each heart. And we thank you, Jesus. And we praise you, Jesus. And we give you the glory and the honor forever. Thank you, God. Amen. Well, like Pastor said, I'm a missionary in Argentina. And I did travel quite a ways, and I am awake, sort of. But um, like, if all of a sudden I start falling asleep, we'll just start praying. But um, I, my kids, I have three kids, and um, my husband, and they sent, they recorded, I asked them to record a greeting, and they did it this morning. And I'd like to show the greeting of my family to you guys this morning from Argentina. Greetings, Muldoon Community Assembly. We're the Wellborns, your missionaries in Buenos Aires, Argentina. I'm John, the dad. <laughs> I'm Lexi, I'm 17. I'm Daron, I'm 14 years old. And I'm Josh, and I'm 8 years old. <laughs> <laughs> we are so excited that Michelle gets to be with you guys this morning. We're really jealous. Um, Alaska means so many things to us, and Anchorage being my birthplace uh, and and where my grandparents served as missionaries in Alaska. It's just been a really special place, and Aunt Karen serving in the church there, and all of our family, and Dorothy and Jim Gorley, and just all of our connections there. It's so exciting and special for us that Michelle gets to be with you this morning. I know it's going to be an awesome service. We've seen so many miraculous things happening in the supernatural and ministry and uh, in missions in Argentina and Latin America these last couple terms, and I'm just really excited for what she can share with you guys this morning. Yeah, this morning when my mom told me that she was going to be preaching about the signs and wonders and awakening your wonders, I just began to think about all the miraculous things that we've been seeing over the past few years here in Argentina and all over Latin America, really. A few weeks ago, we were in El Salvador, and we were doing this kids camp, and I had been having these terrible migraines for about like three weeks. And I was like, Lord, why, why is this happening to me? Why do I get these migraines? I don't usually have migraines this bad. And I remember one night I was praying for people, and we were praying for miracles, and this little girl just really, like, came to my attention. And I went to go pray for her, and I didn't know what she had. I didn't know what was wrong with her. And I began to pray for her, and all of a sudden she goes, I'm healed. And I was like, I didn't even know what I was praying for. (laughs) And she was like, I was having migraines for three weeks. And I just was there, like, shocked at just, it was just, it blew my mind. I was like, wow. And then my migraines went away when we prayed together. And I was like, that's just one of the many miracle stories that we're going to be telling you this week as we send, talk to you guys through videos. <laughs> we wish you could be there, like he said. 
But we've seen God do so many incredible things over the past few years, and we're so excited to see him do more things. But I just want to encourage you guys this morning to wake up your wonder and wake up and start living the life that God has He's already prepared for you to live, to live in the wonder, to chase after miracles, signs, and wonders, because that's what he wants for you. That's what he wants for your life. He doesn't want to see you as a dead tree in the middle of a yard. He wants to awaken you and see you live in the supernatural wonders that he has called us all to live in. We are so excited to be able to talk to you guys again, and we're so excited for what God's going to do this week there and here. God bless you guys. I miss my family. I like to travel with them, but it is a far distance. But I'm glad to be here this morning. I just noticed my son. He's, like, struggling right there at the end. But um, but it's it's an honor to be here. I was telling my father-in-law, I feel like I need to be with the Wellborns in Alaska because I've heard so many things that happened here when my, my, fa- my husband's fa- uh, father and grandfather lived here. And I'm excited to be here. And it's a, it's a privilege and an honor to be here with you this morning. All right, so the word that the Lord put on my heart for you this morning was that the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is near. And to live like Jesus lived. You know, we hear all the time when we're reading the Bible, when we're here, we, we've heard, I've heard it a lot. The kingdom of God is near, but we're trying to figure out what that means. What does it mean to have the kingdom of God near to us? What does it mean to have access to be in the, in the presence of God, knowing that he's so near? And... Um, and I just, I just challenge you this morning, if, if you don't hear anything that I say, if you start zoning out and falling asleep, or, um, just challenge yourself to live like Jesus lived. Live like he lived. If you read through the New Testament, there's so many things that he can teach you. But to live like Jesus lived and live that out every day of your life, to seek the wonders and to not be, to not be um, satisfied with what you've already had, what you've already received, what you've already seen. There's so many times I've seen people fill the Holy Spirit. I've seen hundreds of children and teenagers baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I've prayed that I would never lose that wonder. That it would never be like old news. That I would never get excited to see another kid or another teenager or another adult filled with the Holy Spirit. When I see healings, I ask the Lord to never make that grow numb. That I would always be in awe and that, that I would always have a smile on my face. And when I hear God speak to me and give me prophetic words or when other people give prophetic words, I don't want that to go old. What happened with the Israelites? It didn't go very well for them to put man in their pockets. It got old. It got rotten. We need to seek God and have that wonder awoken in our lives. Like she was talking about. We need to have our wonder awoken, awaken. I don't know, thinking in Spanish English. But... um, and if all of a sudden I forget English and say something in Spanish, I'm sorry. Um, but we need God. We need God to show us, like faith with a child, how to awaken that wonder in our lives and be excited for what he's about to do. I want to read with you real quick. Well, it's not really quick, but I want to read with you Ephesians 1. I love this scripture, and I want to read it with you. I'm going to read the whole thing, all right? One Verse 3 through 14. Are you ready? Are you awake? Are you sure? If all of a sudden I start, whatever. I work with kids. Um, Okay. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. 
For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his great pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. There is a lot of promises in there. There's a lot of identity in there. There's a lot of things that I'm, I'm going to need to comb over a little bit because it's a lot of truth. And we are walking. I don't know if you've seen the news, but the news scares me every time I watch it. We are in an identity crisis. There's so many weird things going on, and identity is good is bad, and bad is good, and there's a lot of evil being opened up. And if we don't know who we are in Christ, that identity crisis is going to suck us up. And everything that the, the devil is doing right now to confuse the identity of his children is going to take priority instead of what God has said. And he, if we understand who we are in Christ, if we understand who he says we are, if we understand who he is, everything is possible. But we have to understand that we have in our hands Every spiritual blessing. I don't know what you think of, but every spiritual blessing, but there's a lot. If we think of every spiritual blessing, healing, words, peace, long stuff. If you can think of all of the words, kindness, there's so much stuff. Every spiritual blessing, harmony, hope, joy. Every spiritual blessing is in our hands, in the realms, in the heavenly realms. God is giving us every spiritual blessing. That's big. That's big. Hello? Are we awake? Let's be awake. I'm trying to wait. Okay, and he has chosen us. He's chosen us. You know, I've heard so many people tell me, I don't know what God wants from me. I don't know what he's going to do with me, maybe. He's chosen you. He's predestined you. He's decided before the creation of this world that he thought you were important. That he thought that something big was going to come out of your life. He chose you throughout the generations and placed you in 2019 to awaken that wonder, awaken that purpose that he is dreaming of you. To stand it and to walk in, to hold in your hands every spiritual blessing and walk with it. Walk with every spiritual blessing. All right. And he has seen us. He, he has chosen us before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He tells us to be holy and to walk in holiness. What is holiness? Separating yourself from evil. If you want to walk in revival, if you want to walk in passion, if you want to walk like Jesus walked, you have to be holy. 
Leaving the spots and the blame and the shame and the guilt and what I did in the past and what I, 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 all that stuff you have to learn to leave in the past and break it off. I was ministering at a, um, at a, in a, in a group of, of children's workers and the Lord gave me a word of knowledge of, of this lady, um, a leg problem. And she came up and she said that she had one leg shorter than the other. And I began to, to pray for her. And as I'm praying, I had her legs there and I was watching the leg grow. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. As soon as I said, thank you, Jesus, the miracle stopped. And she began to scream, no. And I was like, oh, Randy's on mouse. And so then I began to just say, okay, God, what do you want to do here? And he told me forgiveness. She needs to forgive someone. And I said, who do you need to forgive? And she said, I'm never going to forgive that man. You don't know what he did to me. I said, no, I don't know what he did to you. And I really don't know what's going on. But I said, God wants to continue this miracle, but he wants to start in your heart. I said, he wants to finish your physical miracle in your leg, but he has to work on your heart to be able to continue what he's already started. And as I began to pray with her, she began to, to, it it took a while for her to just release that forgiveness. She had been raped when she was a little kid. And she was already, I think it was 68, I can't remember, but she was already, um, she, she had gone so many years holding on to that pain, that shame, that guilt, that anger. And it robbed her of her family. She lost her husband. He, he couldn't live with her anymore. And she lost so much because she couldn't let go of something that happened when she was little. But God in that moment restored her heart. And she's been writing me throughout this new year. And she's been telling me that God has changed her completely. And she's learned to dream again. There was another service when we were itinerating in 2017 um, in in Ohio. I was um, praying, and we had a healing service, and a lot of people got healed. And this lady came up to me outside in the foyer, and she goes, "Um, Michelle, pray for my foot. And I said, I "I don't know why that I said this to her, but I said, I'm not going to pray for your foot. And she's like, pray for my foot. And I go, no. I said, I'm not going to pray for your, I don't know why I said that. But I said, I'm not going to pray for your foot. She goes, pray for my foot. I was like, we had the prayer time. You didn't come. I I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I can't. I felt weird. And then all of a sudden I said, but I'll pray for you. And so I began to pray for her. I was with my daughter, the older one, Lexi. And I began to pray for her. And the same thing happened that happened with this lady. The Lord began to put on my heart forgiveness. And it was the same story almost. And then I hugged her. She's like, I forgive him like that. And I was like, no, you don't. You're lying. And so then I I hugged her. I hugged her. And she began to just melt. She began to melt. And God began to work on her. And she's like, I don't know what. I just feel something. I don't know what I'm feeling. And then I told Lexi, go pray for her foot. And Lexi prayed for her foot, and she's like, I feel Jesus in my foot. And she began to just jump around, and Jesus healed her foot. She had a broken um, broken foot, and Jesus put it back into place because God cares about your physical um, disability, but he cares more about your heart. He wants your heart to be whole so that you can see that you're predestined, that you're chosen, that you are adopted into sonship, and he wants you to know who you are so that he can do what he's dreaming to do with you. He's dreaming of you to walk into Jeremiah 29, 11 and go, okay, I know. I know you got plans for me. I know there's hope in the future. What's stopping you? What is stopping you from jumping into 2019 and embrace God's plan for your life? 
Every spiritual blessing. Okay. Then, redemption through his blood. God forgives you. If there's something that you're holding on to, it says here, there's redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. It doesn't say some sins. It doesn't say certain sins, all sins. God's blood covers you. God covers you. And that shame, that guilt, that anger, that unforgiveness doesn't belong to you. Doesn't belong to God. God didn't do that to you. Redemption. Redemption. Forgiveness of sins. All sins. According to his grace. Okay. And and we don't know what to do. We're like, how do I live this way? It says he lavishes us with wisdom and understanding. If we don't know how to walk, if we don't know how to talk, if we don't know how to do the things of Christ, ask God. I don't understand. What does this mean? Why am I going through this? Wisdom. Please help me understand what's happening. Please give me a word, Lord. Show me here. Show me. Show me something. Speak to me. He lavishes it. That means a lot. Lavishes in a little. That's a big word. Lavishes. This morning, this this gentleman came up here, and and he. He just felt like he needed faith. He felt like he needed a hug from the Lord. And he began to just share with me briefly. And I just, I, I said, stop. And I just, he said, God, he's angry with God because God's not real and, and, and close to him. And, and he, I just said, stop. I asked God, God, when you see me, what do you see? I said, ask God to show you, not what I'm going to tell you, not what this person's going to pray over you. Ask God to show you what he sees when he sees you. And this guy just began to cry. He said, the Lord showed me as a child. He goes, I can't believe I felt God this real. I can't believe, because what? He lavished, God lavished his wisdom and his understanding. If we try to understand the gospel on our own, it's impossible because there's a lot of weird things in this Bible. It's just a lot of weird things. And I believe them all. And why only believe a few? Why not believe it all? If we're going to believe that Christ died for our sins, if we're going to believe that he rose in three days, if we're going to believe that he was born of a virgin, why not believe everything that Bible says? Why not believe the word of God for everything that it stands for and walk in sonship? He's adopted you as his sons, as his daughters, with every spiritual blessing in your hands from the heavenly realms. That's big. That's big. Okay. And he made known to us the mystery of his will. Don't try to understand what God's doing. Just walk in it. He's not making mistakes for you. He's not like, oh my word, I don't understand what God's doing. Just walk in it. Walk in it. Okay, then it talks about to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head. God wants to give us his kingdom. He wants it to become real to you. He wants you to taste it, see it, hear it, feel it, know it, walk in it, spread it. I work with kids and teenagers, and when they get this understanding of who they are in Christ, it's crazy to see what happens. This little girl named Brenda, when I met her and she came into, uh, we, she got saved at one of our outreaches and came into the discipleship program. Every time she walked in, she would just stand, she would stand in the corner, sit in the corner, go like this, and I'm like, do you want to be here? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, you don't act like you want to be here. And she would always just sit in the corner, and she'd put her head down, she'd never make eye contact, and I was like, are you sure you want to be here? Yes. Uh, okay. 
welcome back. But she wouldn't talk to us. And one day I went up to her and I said, Brenda, what happened? What's the matter? What's going on? And she said that a few months ago she had walked into the bathroom with her um, with her siblings, and they watched um, her father hang himself in the bathroom. And she was holding on to that. Her mom didn't know Jesus. The family didn't know Jesus. And she was holding on to that pain of watching her dad die in front of her eyes. She was, she was just so quiet, so timid, and so full of fear. And, and like, she just, she was just trembling on the inside, but on the outside, she looked kind of calm and cool, but she, she was just hard, cold. And I remember she kept coming, and she, she, in the night that we ministered the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'll never forget. She came in, and she was the same, cold Brenda. And then when we prayed for her, The Lord took her through some steps of deliverance first, and then she woke up, literally. She got up, and she was a new person. She was filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, and she was was looking me in the eyes. And she was completely a different person. And she said, Michelle, how how do I tell everybody about this? How, How come I didn't know that this was real? How come I didn't know that I could really feel this, Michelle? And so we began to pray about the miraculous and teach about the miraculous. And her family, because her father had died, her mom had, they have nine kids. And, and a lot of, like every age. And, um, and they had no money. They had no uh, income coming in. And uh, she had heard me talk about miracles. When I was a kid, my dad would teach us about multiplication. And we would go and do, uh, not two times two, but multiplication, multiplying resources. And we would go do programs and we didn't have enough um, refreshments for the group. And my dad would be like, look in the bag and don't look. Hey, if your faith will die, if you look. And so we always had enough, always. But he was just like, don't look. And we did not look. And so we would just hand out what was what God just kept providing. And I would tell them about these kind of stories. I could tell you a hundred of those stories of, of God multiplying resources. And she said, okay, I'm going to go home. She told us afterwards. She goes, she went home. And she told the Lord what she wanted for breakfast the next morning. And she said, Lord, I want you to put this on the table and this on the table and this on the table. And then I want um, you to surprise my mama. And uh, she woke up the next morning, and it was just like she ordered. And it was like she had ordered from a a delivery uh, company, and the Lord had provided that banquet. And her mom thought she had gone and stole the food. And she goes, no, Mom, it's my God. He'll supply our needs. My God will take care of us. She began to evangelize and hear God's voice. And she began to hear God's voice um, on a daily uh, on a daily uh, basis. And we one time we did a treasure hunt. And we were practicing hearing God's voice and doing what God told us to do. And I was telling them to, that God was going to show them something. And that God was going to give them a word for people that we didn't know. know and we were going to go find those people. And so we began to pray. And uh, she wrote down the word she got and folded it up and put it in her pocket. And I went with Brenda. And we were looking for two hours for this lady with a white shirt, blue, uh, brown skirt, and black shoes and short hair. And we're walking. I'm like, is that her? Nope. Is that her? Nope. Is that her? Nope. Like, walking downtown and like, where is this girl? And, um, and so all of a sudden we see this lady and she goes, that's her. But I don't want to go. I'm tired and I'm scared. I go, well, we're going to go look. We're going to go talk to her. We've been looking for her for two hours. We're going to go talk to her. And so I went up with her and um, I said, we're practicing hearing God's voice. And my friend has a word for you. Can we share it with you? And I should have read what she was going to read before she read it. 
because it was like, oh my word. And she opens up her paper. She would not make eye contact. She was scared to death to take this step of faith. And she starts, and she's reading it like this, and she goes, something really bad is going to happen to you. And I looked at her, and I was like, uh, great. And she goes, something really bad is going to happen to you, and you're going to be very upset, and you are going to be angry. But then, after some time, something better is going to happen, and you're going to remember about the love of Jesus and a girl who told you about God, and you're going to want to know how to get to know this Jesus. And I was like, oh, great. We're practicing. Can I pray for you? Okay, bye. And I was like, "Real, oh, Brenda, words of, uh, uh, we're supposed to give words that are going to lift her up. Something bad going to happen to you? I was like, I was really nervous. And then about a month later, she came and she gave us this testimony. She was at the train station, and she um, ran. She was with her mom, and she ran into this lady. She goes, you're that girl that hears God's voice. And she's like, yeah. And she said, I lost my job right after talking to you. And she said, and I was up for promotion, and I was really upset. And then after about, I don't remember how much time went by, some time went by, she said, and I got a better job. And God began, and she said, she didn't say God, she said, and I got a better job, and I was making more money, and I remembered what you said that I needed to know that Jesus. And she gave her life, and her mom goes, you can hear God's voice? And she goes, yes, mama. And she heard, But that lady gave her life to Jesus, and then about two weeks later, her mom gave her heart to Jesus. Because one kid heard God's voice, stepped out in faith, and God did the rest. That's all we have to do. Hear God's voice, take a step, and let God do the rest. But what if the miracle doesn't happen? What if it doesn't? But what if it does? What if I'm praying for somebody, they don't get saved, but what if they do? It's not up to us to baptize people in the Holy Spirit, to heal the sick. We just have to take that step of faith. We just take that step of faith, knowing that we are Christ's daughters and sons, and that he'll do the rest. And that God is a loving God who forgives our sins and is wanting us to know who we are so that we'll step into our identity, step into our purpose, and go into our future with hope, not despair. Not anger, because all this stuff just weighs you down. And if we want to, to be able to lunge into this year knowing our identity and walking in who he says we are, we've got to hear his voice. Know our identity and as his daughter, as his son. Know that we are redeemed. And once he forgives us of our sins, don't let those things come back and rob us of the joy of tomorrow. Because we tend to hold on to those things like, but you don't know. And then there's other people that hold on to their sins in their heart and they try to do ministry and they can do it because they can walk through it, but they're holding sins in their heart. But wouldn't it be great if we could try to live holy? Be holy. He doesn't ask it. It says, be holy, for I am holy. And, okay, and then down here. We were chosen, having been predestined, according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Not our will. We have to live in his will, not our will. Walk in our purpose, accomplishing his purpose. Oh, but Lord, I want that job. I want that house. I want that woman. I want that man. I want that. I wish that it was that simple. But if we know who we are as a child of God, and we know that God is who he says he is, and we walk in our our identity as being predestined, chosen, accepted, redeemed, sealed, 
with a purpose. And we walk shame-free, guilt-free, and we walk in our identity asking the Lord to purify us on a daily basis. Purify our hearts. If we want revival, if we want to walk in the supernatural, you have to die to yourself every day. Because you don't want you don't want the enemy's will to come and attack your purpose. You don't want to, to think that you're better than you are. You don't, you don't want to walk in what the enemy would want you to walk in. His will. Walk in his purpose. His timing. His grace. His mercies. And find God. Find out that God loves us so much. He's so good. And he wants to do so much more. So much more. There was this lady, and she came up to me after a service one time. And she said, will you give me a hug? And I was like, all right, I'll give you a hug. And I hugged her, and she goes, woo! I was like, okay. And then um, she goes, will you hug me again? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> and then I hugged her again, and she did the same thing. She goes, woo! And I was like, all right. She goes, will you hug me again? I go, wait. Why am I hugging you? And she goes, did you see my arm? And I go, no. She had suffered from a stroke, and her hand was all, it was crooked, and it was all, it was all disfigured, deformed. And every time I hugged her, it would open and it would extend. But I didn't notice it. I was just noticing the hug and her scream. And, um, and so she goes, will you hug me again? And I go, I can't follow you around hugging you, so let's just pray that God will just make it stick. Because this is weird. <laughs> and so I prayed for her, and the Lord healed her arm. I was at, one time I was at a Cracker Barrel, and the Lord told me to take out a 10 pesos bill from Argentina and hand it to the waiter, and I was like, why? That's weird. And he said to write on it that God is going to surprise you, and I was like, okay, whatever. So I pulled it out, and I gave it to the waiter, and he goes, he started crying, and he said that when he was a kid, the Lord had called him into missions, and he, hadn't, he didn't go into missions, and, and I just said, well, God wants to surprise you, and I prayed for him at Cracker Barrel. I was at Chick-fil-A, and one time... I was with my son. He was playing, and I just said, God, I want to see a miracle here at Chick-fil-A. And I just said, the Lord showed me one of the ladies that was cleaning. You don't have Chick-fil-A here, so just dream about really good chicken. And, and um, this was in Springfield, Missouri. And um, it, it was in, like, May of last year. And, um, and this la- the Lord showed me this lady, and I said, okay, Lord, show me her problem. And he told me that her neck was hurting. And so I went up to the lady, and I said, hi, I'm practi- I always say, I'm practicing hearing God's voice, always always because I might make a mistake I'm practicing hearing God's voice and I said does your neck hurt and she goes how do you know that I said because God knows and he loves you and I began to pray for her and she um she was uh she told me that God had um well she she didn't tell me about God she told me that she had to make a decision whether to go to work or go to the doctor that day because her neck was hurting so bad and she had come to work, and I just said, well, God wants to heal you. And God healed her in that moment. And she got so filled with the Holy Spirit, she almost passed out. And I was like, don't do that here. I might get in trouble. And, and, then, and, then she, she, and, then, and then I just said, you know what? I want to plant something in your life. And I took out my birthday money that my mom had given to me. And I said, I want to seed this into your life. Because God has some plans for you and some purpose and that you are so good. And God wants to do stuff in your life. I didn't shove the gospel down her throat. I just said, you're loved. 
I ran into her a couple weeks later because we went to Chick-fil-A a lot before we left. And, and she came up to me and she said, she goes, my life has been changed. She goes, not only did the Lord heal my neck, but my feet. I had had a chronic pain in my feet for over 20 years. And the Lord healed me of my feet. I went to my church and I said, Pastor, I said, do you remember me? But I just met a modern day pro- apostle. And he goes, why aren't there more of you? I said, I don't know. I'm not even very good at it. Sometimes I just don't do it. God gives me words and I don't give them sometimes. God shows me things and I don't do it because I'm tired. That's terrible. So many miracles are passing by us every day. And we have to make that decision. Am I going to obey? Quick and obedience. Am I going to step in that? Am I going to do it? Am I going to be the salt that this world needs? Am I going to step into my identity? Am I going to access every spiritual blessing and walk in that purpose and that plan that God has for me? Am I going to do that? And then it talks about here. Conformity with the purpose of, in order that we who are, might be the prayer, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possessions, the praise of his glory. He sealed us. But that doesn't mean there's not more. There's so much more that God wants to show you. There's so much that God is dreaming of you that you would just step out of your reality and just say, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? Step out of your everyday routine and say, okay, God, how can I change this up a bit? How can I be light? How can I be salt? How can I be that, that hope for the person that is scared of the earthquakes? I shared in the first service that this is the anniversary, anniversary of 20 years ago. I was in El Salvador, and we had 8.7. And it scared the country. It scared me. It scared. I ran out of the house in my underwear, and I was so scared. I was so scared because the the wall begins to shake, and it looks like you're feels like you're on a trampoline, and it just feels like the walls are going to fall on you. My sister slept by the door for about three months with her tennis shoes on because she just wanted to be ready to be able to walk out, run out. But you know, you know that story of the ten virgins. In the Bible, some were ready, some weren't. My sister was ready. Ready to run. Ready to go. Ready to be outside. Ready to do something. Ready to, 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 to be that light. My sister preached to so many people. I remember taking, uh, going to a service and, and, uh, we were at this, um, this juvenile delinquent, uh, de- detention center. All really bad people. <laughs> really bad girls in El Salvador and this girl comes running after my sister Liz they're missionaries in Thailand right now and Liz saw this this girl darting at her and she goes I bind your feet and she began to walk towards Liz like this I bind your hands and she begins to walk literally like that she bind, I bind your mouth I don't want to hear you anymore she goes, I bind your whole thing and then and but you know if we recognize that authority if we recognize that spiritual blessing upon our lives, if we recognize that sonship, nothing is stopping it. The authority is given to you. You just have to use it. Healing is there. Every spiritual blessing is there. But you got to walk in it. Choose to die to yourself. Choose to die to your past. Cut out the fear and cut out the doubt. 
just walk. Yeah, it's scary. But on the side, on the flip side of fear, it's a testimony. On the flip side of fear, it's a life restored. On the flip side of fear is a person who realized they were supposed to go into missions and they say, I'm going to do it. I don't know if he really did it, but he said he was going to do it. But you do your part and God does the rest. And so I challenge you, church, to step into your identity, to be ready, to have eyes to see and ears to hear. I read a verse this morning. I had like three sermons prepared because I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And, but this verse that I read this morning, it just like hit me like really hard. Uh, 1 John 3, 6. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to live or to sin has either seen him or known him. If we choose to live in sin, we don't know him. We don't see him. If we choose to keep on sinning, we're saying, all right, God, I can just ask for forgiveness. Nail you back on that cross. And I feel like the church has been, not just the church, there's this pain that pains me. Cheap grace. I'll send today for God will forgive me tomorrow. But he paid a price. And that price had a, a price tag. And you are worth the blood of Jesus. Every one of you are worth the blood of Jesus. There is no sin that can keep you from his love. There's no stronghold that is strong enough to withstand the embrace of the Father. I'm going to read that verse again because no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. And God is calling us out to be ready, step out. The future, yes, it's uncertain. There's crazy things on the news. It scares me every time I turn it on. But we're ready. And if we remember what the Bible says, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, those things were already in the books. God is waiting for us to step into our identity and walk. You don't have to know what you're going to do 10 years from now or five years from now. You just walk. And he begins to speak. He begins to do. He begins to break us and mold us and transform us and break us again and break us again. You know, Carlos Anacondia is one of my heroes. I don't know if you know him, but he's a big revivalist in Argentina. Thousands of people come to know the Lord, and he has a big deliverance ministry. And I've, I've been learning under him. And, but one thing that humbled me was to see him ask forgiveness before every crusade. And if a man like him needs to ask God for forgiveness every day, God is waiting for a church to understand their identity. And revival, yes, it's in mass. Yes, it, it's, it's going to be big. But it starts in us, every heart. And, you know, we are talking about being united. And, you know, there's one thing that the devil hates. It's unity. One accord. 
So this morning, oh, we're doing the offering. I'm sorry. I got some words, and I shared some this morning. I, and I was working on translating them, and I didn't finish. So I got to translate them in my head again, which doesn't go very well. But um, I asked Argentina to pray for you this morning, and I asked them to give me fresh words. And I think it's fun. I asked the Lord for words, and He gives me words too. But I think it's really fun to do it from continent's way. This morning I found every one of them in the first service. And I might repeat the words because sometimes I find more. But I'm going to read the new ones. So just bear with me. But I also want to pray for healing, specifically in your back and your foot. On the, on the front part of your foot, I don't know if there's anyone in here that has a really sharp pain in the bottom of their foot. Is that you? All right, I'm going to pray for you. But this is the word. And I'm translating in my head, so bear with me, or I'll just tell you in Spanish. ¿Cuántos hablan español acá? Nadie. Y bueno, él. Bueno, hay uno. Okay, I saw walls of ice that broke with saws and axes that were specially made for breaking ice. And they broke giving life to what has been under the ice. I don't know if there's somebody that feels like they are under ice. There's another one. Siento mucho, mucho pecado. I feel great sin. I feel like there's some that have been sinning so much and they're so bound. And they feel sick about their situation. And they feel like they can't leave that lifestyle. They feel dirty. And they feel like they can't they can't have a relationship with God. Because they're trying, they're trying to minister to themselves. They're not breaking free and they're not completely surrendering to what God has. They're very embarrassed of their, the, the inner life that they're living. And God wants to re rescue you today and bring you freedom. There's somebody who be, um, I don't know what that word means. Um, there's somebody who has a car that maybe broken down a lot or maybe it keeps breaking down and I feel I feel like God is laughing not at you and your situation but God is just laughing and he said and she said um and I feel I feel like you're drowning in your own life and that um you you're doing it like in a cup like you're drowning in your life but your problems aren't really that big um not because God doesn't underestimates what you are doing and what you're living, but because God sees that problem so small and he's so big. And that person is not looking at how big God is, just looking at the small problem. And um, when you change your, your, your glasses to how you're looking at it, you're going to see that the time of joy is going to come upon your life. Uh, there was other words this morning of, of a heart and a, and a vein. I don't know if I should read all these because I did a lot this morning. Um, but, but there was someone with a heart problem. And um, that the word was that God does everything for good and God hasn't let go of your hand. The other word was there was somebody um, last in the last weeks that received a great um, challenge from God and you're scared to give the next step. But the strength, the, the word was, the strength is not limited. 
There's somebody here. Well, I think that one. I already found that one. And I found that one. Let me see this other one. Um, there's another word, another girl, a woman, who has given her, uh, has um, turned her back on God. And, she, and she's kind of mad at God, and she's really frustrated, and she feels like he failed her. And God wants to give you a new perspective. And he loves you so much. Um, and, and he sees you so close. And he even understands your anger. I don't know who you are. And then this morning, um, when I was praying, I, I was like in and out of sleep because I woke up at 1.30 in the morning. And um, I was trying to go back to sleep, but I couldn't. And um, the, the name Jessica came to me. And I saw, like, it was crazy. Because when I saw the name um, Jessica, I saw this, like, book. And, and, like, it was, like, underwater. It was weird. But I saw, like, a book. And it, and it, and it opened up to Isaiah, um, uh, Isaiah 52, 7. And I just wanted to read that real quick. I think I wrote it down. Yeah. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. And whatever you're facing, God says, I'm giving you peace, and my God reigns. So that's you. And then I felt like there was a few people struggling with faith. Like you want to believe in the miraculous, but it's hard. Because maybe you haven't ever seen a miracle. So to start this off, I'd like to pray for those that have feet problem and um, back pain, specifically back pain and knee pain. Is there anyone in this room that has, there's a lot of you? Okay, will you come here? And this is what I like to do. I, I told Pastor, normally I would get all the kids, but they're all receiving God in another place. So this is what I want to do. I want, to, I want us to pray for them, but I want people who have never seen a miracle to come and pray. Someone who wants their faith to be boosted, big. Is there anyone in here that wants to help me pray for all these people? Because I don't have a team, so i got to recruit you. Okay, so who is going to be my team? Come on. Who wants to see God move? And I see some kids. One. If you want to help, you can. If you don't, let's go. Um, but I need some prayer warriors. I want, I want some help. And I want, okay, so if you're coming to pray, can you pray, raise your hand, those that need prayer? And then um, if you need prayer, raise your hand. And if you are coming to pray, will you find one of those people that has their hand raised? I want to see somebody praying for each person. So raise your hand. And I, because I, um, I believe that, that every spiritual blessing is open for all of us. It's not just Michelle, the evangelist from Argentina. It's for everybody. We have to step in it and believe. And and signs and wonders follow those who believe. Signs and wonders follow those who, okay, believe. Okay, so if you believe, so I want you to ask the person where their pain is, those that are praying. Does everybody have somebody? Does somebody need someone to pray for them? Does everybody have someone? Okay, I need somebody to pray for these over here. I want you to ask them what the problem is. And then I want you to ask them a pain level. From 1 to 10, how much does it hurt? And then I want you to ask them um, how, how high their pain level is. And then I want you to pray specifically to the pain. To go. I want you to pray specifically for the backs to realign. For the discs to move back in place. For the pain to leave. 
Lord, I thank you.